Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, I am Brent Smith. As always, I am joined by Jacob Kingsley. Tell everybody hi, Jacob. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Tiffany Wiss joining us today as well. Hi, everyone. And Daniel Yelverton is back yet again. Hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Welcome back, man. It's good to have you back on a consistent level at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still sleep deprived, but <laughs> enjoying myself, enjoying being back. Sure. Um, and just wanted to point out to some people out there that we've had uh, kind of put in requests for this. We were going to have um, a special guest that we always try to have with us, um, another female from our church. And... Um, they actually weren't able to make it this week after all. So we're going to try to get some some more guests in here, um, some more guests besides just uh, Tiffany and Jen from the staff. Um, we've always wanted from the beginning of this podcast to include as many people as we can from the church and get as many viewpoints as we can. So just so you know, in case you were looking for that, that is coming, and we're going to start trying to get that more um, on a consistent level. So anyway, it is Tuesday, January 23rd, and today we're going to be covering First Thessalonians the first chapter of the book. Um, so, anybody want to cover soap and go through that for us? Sure. Thank uh, you. So, the method that we use uh, for most of you guys that do listen to the podcast, but if this is your first time listening to us, we use uh, the acronym SOAP. So, it's the scripture. So, we read the scripture first, and then we just kind of discuss observations, what sticks out to us, uh, which leads us then to applications as we're observing what we're learning in the scriptures, how does it look like to apply it to our lives, and then we uh, always end with prayer. So uh, that's kind of the, the structure that we have for the podcast, and um, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Yeah. And Tiffany, what version of the Bible is it that we use all the time? We do the ESV, all English right. Standard Version. <laughs> Everybody passed the Jacob test. doesn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> studied really hard for that one. All right. So as always, it is great to have you guys back with us. Um, I would like to ask if you if you like what you're hearing here on uh, the podcast here on Weekly Impact or on our weekly sermon as well that we post. Um, we put them up on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on SoundCloud, and everything's available through our ECC app, which is also available on iTunes and on Google Play. Um, if you have liked what you've heard, uh, we ask you to subscribe if you haven't yet, and then also if you could um, rate and review the podcast as well. That just helps us reach more people and um, be able to spread more of what we're talking about here and more of, more of, the, more of the Word of God. So um, anyway, we'll go ahead and get into the Word of God here, and let's start with Jacob first, if you don't mind, and we'll go clockwise. Absolutely. Thank you. First Thessalonians 1, verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness, of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be uh, among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. 
so that you may need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. All right, that wraps up the chapter. Um, if, if, if it's possible, um, is there any way we can get into a little bit of a background on this before we go into observations? Sure, I'll share a little background. I, um, For those of you um, parents at home that um, have been wanting to maybe get into the Bible with your kids, I just want to share something that I did today with my kids, and it really... Um, helped me and it, I felt like it helped my kids and us get into a good conversation together. I don't know if you guys have heard of Bible Project, but you can find it on YouTube and it just does a great job if you put in the chapter um, that we're doing. It just gives a nice overview and it gives you a good background and it just brings your kids into it and gets them excited about it. Um, so what I'm sharing today is just something that I was able to learn with my kids today from watching the Bible Project. So just kind of wanted to give a tip out there for moms and dads. Um, but yeah, what I learned from this is, um, we don't know, but we're thinking this was probably one of the first letters that Paul ever wrote was to um, the church in, in Thessalonia. And um Paul and Silas came here to minister to the, these people because they were really caught up in the pagan gods of the Greek and Roman gods of that time. And um, they came and, you know, share Christ with them. And um, a lot of people were converted to Christianity and a lot of people came to know Christ, which was amazing and great. And they turned from their pagan gods and um, were worshiping the true Christ. And um, Caesar started to get you know, a little upset and worried about his throne maybe being overthrown. So the Christians in this time really began to um, suffer from persecution. Um, and it became so bad that Paul and Silas had to flee um, and leave the people. And um, so this is Paul later on, and he's writing to the people of Thessalonica. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard word to say. Um, but Paul is writing to these people because, as you can see, um, he just has such a love for the people in Thessalonica. And he just really cares for these people. And um, so he's writing to them, and he's encouraged to find out because he sent Timothy on to see how they were doing. And he's very encouraged because the people are still, their faith is still so strong in Christ, even though they've been going through all this persecution, they've been able to hold, hold on to Christ. So, um, and also since we all already read Acts together, it's kind of neat. You can go back, I believe it's Acts 17 mm -hmm. and, um, you can hear Paul talking about the same, um, the people of Thessalonica, yeah. um, in this chapter as well. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that's just kind of, you know, gives you a nice good background, mm -hmm. um, as we start into this yeah. chapter. So something for me personally, for a long time growing up and um, not until too recently, um, I would read all the epistles, the letters that Paul wrote and read them the same way, assuming that they were written the same way. And so already we've gone through a couple of these epistles. Um, and so we've, you know, read through Galatians where he's writing 
to kind of combat this false teaching. We've read Corinthians where he's like kind of upset with the Corinthians for things they're doing. And then, you know, we read through Ephesians and Michael Miller was on the podcast and he was talking about how it's kind of this general letter to the whole church. So Tiffany and Daniel, Brent, you can chime in. What almost flavor is this letter? Like what, what is Paul's viewpoint? Is it, is there something wrong in Thessalonica that he's writing to? Is he just encouraging? Is he like checking up? What's going on? I think um, getting the context is really good, just like uh, Tiffany was sharing, uh, because they had Paul and Silas basically had to like get leave Thessalonica in the middle of the night to escape kind of the rabble and the mob. And so I think part of this is you see Paul's affection for the people, but he's also kind of like, I didn't, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know how the church ended up like thriving or failing after we left until they finally found out. And he, you can tell that he's so encouraged by that. He's so encouraged that the church in Thessalonica is, is thriving, is doing well. And he's so, he's commending them for, um, continuing and staying in the gospel. And it just talks about how their, um, faithfulness, despite the persecution, it was just like spread like wildfire. And so, and so, yeah, so I think it's, it is different. And I think it's different because each place that Paul went to and planted churches and ministered to people, he left in different scenarios and the people responded in different ways. So these are all very unique letters as far as what Paul was writing to, but you know, and you can pick up that on some of his, his verbiage. And so I think it is good to kind of get that, uh, I guess the heart of where Paul was writing this letter from is really more of a was a was a longing to find out like how they were doing, and when he found out they were doing well, like he was just so excited and so excited that the how they had um, how they had responded to the persecution and how that was spreading it was spreading around to the surrounding area about this church. So, if this was one of his first letters, why is it placed so deep? in the New Testament. Do you know wh- you know why they chose to put things where they did? Is that too deep of a question to get into it, today? Or? It's not too deep of a question. Um, there are more concrete answers as to why um, the council chose which, you know, letters to put in and canonize the Bible, but there's not a whole lot of evidence to show why there is a specific order to things. Um, funny enough, some scholars even believe that Second Thessalonians was written before First Thessalonians. Huh. So, you know, that doesn't have a bearing necessarily on, on the text today, what, what the Holy Spirit is speaking through it. But yeah. the, the text itself, what, what Paul was writing, what he is, you know, encouraging the people at Thessalonica and even us today through the Holy Spirit is inspired, you know, the, the chapters or the book names, mm-hmm. um, the verse divisions, where it's placed in the Bible is not the thing that we put our confidence in. So sure. I don't know why, yeah. but that is interesting. It's like in the Old Testament, Job, the whole story of Job happened before the time of Abraham. Hmm. So it would have been super early in Genesis, but it's pretty far along in the book. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not, the, the Bible's not, read it's not, it, we wouldn't read it like a normal book like mm-hmm. we wouldn't read it like from one page to the next it's a chronological account or anything like that it seems like it skips around a lot and that can be very confusing mm-hmm. um, but 
like the whole reason why we have the different uh, chapters and verses is really just for simplicity of referencing where things are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Dewey Decimal System for uh, the for the truth in the Bible. Uh, because this was all just one letter. So there was no breakdown of like, you know, this is going to be the second chapter that Paul is writing in his first letter to the Thessalonians. Like right. that, that was only just for our benefit. And so I think that, yeah, I, th- I think that that is a good question because, you know, you can look at this and be like, right, wait, wait a second. You know, these don't seem like they're in very like a working order mm-hmm. at all. Um, but really just the truth that, is constant throughout Mm -hmm. you know and that's what and that's the that's the thing that we place confidence in anyways more than just necessarily the Mm -hmm. order of the text if you're out there listening and you're like well is there a way that everything can be put chronologically without me just going through and researching everything they have chronological bibles as well where they as best as as we can tell put everything and all the writing in the order that it happens and so books will be you know separated and there's like an, an interruption with something else that happens so that that is a resource that's available to you cool mm-hmm. another observation that i had when i was looking over the book and just reading through this chapter is how at this time you know paul and silas when they when they came here they're coming into um a place where you know all these people really they may have heard about christ but i mean they are all um worshiping different gods pagan gods i mean they came into a place where like literally there is no other christian it's just them um and not only that but that was just like the roman culture i mean so they're going into a place where nobody has heard of any of this you know type of christianity and they're going in and making like a whole new way Hmm. for these people to not only look at their faith but the way they live, um, the way they view their family, the way a husband views his wife, a wife views her husband, their kids, just everything. Um, so as I've been learning more about it, I'm just really amazed at um, Paul's ministry and just um, the way he not only told people about Jesus, but how he really transformed the culture mm-hmm. yeah. of um, these places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think he gives us a little insight into how he was able to have that ministry. And in verse four, he says, for we know brothers or for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you. And so Paul's going in trusting in that plan of God. He's Mm -hmm. trusting in God's sovereignty saying, you know what? That power to save people, to get people to believe in Jesus isn't in me, but I know that God's plan has something for this city, for these people. And so Mm -hmm. he trusts in that. And that's where the ministry of the Holy Spirit explodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just shows, like, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Because mm-hmm. look at what Paul did. I mean, he went in, he had faith. And because of that, because of, you know, one person taking that bold step, you know, now today, and I was talking about this today with my kids, isn't it neat? Paul, at his time, when he was writing this letter, he had no idea that there would someday be a New Testament of the Bible. Mm. Mm-hmm. He had no idea. He just, this was his ministry. He lived his life each day with an eternal focus, mm-hmm. despite if he was in prison or wherever he was. And, um, you know, it's just amazing that God blessed his ministry, that here we are a couple thousand years later, and we're still reading his writings. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty awesome when you think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 
And I will say, too, um, you spoke about uh, what a big deal it was for him to go into Rome and their culture there. Because I think, you know, a lot of times they, they went into smaller places that had lesser known gods that was mm-hmm. probably easier to turn people away from, turn them to, to Jesus. Um, but going into that Roman culture where today we still, we all know about the Roman gods and who they were and what that was. And that was a big part of their life, like you said. Um, and I'm sure that that tied into them suffering so much affliction. Um, you know, it says in verse six, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So how awesome that through that much affliction, they stuck with it and that they stayed true to what Paul had taught them about the Holy Spirit and about Jesus. But also through much affliction, that probably did a lot, as bad as it is, that probably did a lot to help spread the word where he referred later to the places that we go, they already know of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thank you that you spoke of us because they've told us that um, the affliction and the persecution that they suffered through that probably caused a huge stir within the region, and people wanted to know why that was. So in a way, that spread the word of God even more, yeah. as as horrible as that might be, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he, he follows that up and says, you know, you became an example to people in Macedonia and Achaia, which is like the huge surrounding places. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith and God has gone forth everywhere so that we we so that we need not say anything. Yeah. He's saying your faith in the midst of all of this is so crazy that like we're almost out of a job. Like we don't <laughs> need to say anything because people are already like, Oh, yeah, that's that God that those people over there that are having a terrible life, they believe in and their faith is sincere. Yeah. I was like, Oh, you already know. Yeah. I think w- one thing also just kind of looking back in Acts seventeen, you see that like you don't, we don't get a pure timeline for how long that Paul was there, but he, uh, it says that he would, his custom would, he would go to the synagogue and he would reason for three Sabbaths, three Sabbaths, which is three weeks. So he was there for three weeks reasoning with people and, you know, and people, uh, Jew, uh, Jews and devout Greeks, uh, and few leading women, they just, they came to know Jesus as their savior. And that caused like this huge uproar to the point where they have to get kicked out of the city. And I think like, I imagine like Paul and Silas at that time thinking like, we didn't have enough time, you know, we didn't have enough time to like build into the city. So I bet there's just this kind of worry almost about like, you know, I wonder how they're doing kind of thing because they have to get, they they didn't even chance to like say up like a proper goodbye or like share like everything they probably wanted to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what's amazing is that uh, God still is building up this church and using this church and using uh, their faith because I think it helps that it helps us to know that there's a simplicity to the gospel that it's faith in Jesus alone. And as that's kind of built and work worked out, we can complicate it and think that, oh, they've got to do all of these spiritual disciplines before they're ready. You know, when Jesus saves and when Jesus comes in power through the Holy Spirit, things change. Mm-hmm. And that, that starts to spread and that starts to go out. And so I just, I kind of feel like um, I can understand why Paul would have like that genuine concern. But what's amazing is that 
that Jesus is the one that's working and the Holy Spirit's working so much more to cause the change and to initiate all of the stuff that's going on that Paul is just kind of participating in it. We, we think of Paul as, as being somebody that we could never be, but he's just there sharing life with people. Then all of a sudden he's whisked away, but that's okay because they have the Holy Spirit and they have Jesus with them. And that's causing all the ripples and the changes and people are sticking with their faith. And uh, I guess as somebody that's a pastor, but also as somebody that kind of, uh, we, 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 we put a lot of effort in maybe, uh, our side of what we do as far as helping people follow Jesus, but he's the one that's doing it all. Yeah. He's the one that's, that's making all of the change possible. And, uh, and so I think that that for me kind of sticks out that like, I've just got to be available and present and be spending life with people and then allow the Holy Spirit to come in power and do the rest. Yeah. As I was just listening to you, I was thinking about how a lot of times somebody who's new to their faith, like a new believer, I love watching new believers because they're just so on fire and so excited. And um, a lot of times, you know, they're the ones that are going out on fire and reaching people for Christ yeah. um, more so than, you know, those of us who have been Christians for so long and, you know, it's easy to just kind of get sometimes go through a law where we're forgetting that man this is our mission Mm -hmm. Um, but you know if you're listening and you're new to your faith um, don't get intimidated like Daniel was just saying like I mean here these people back in this day had just heard of this faith and um, you know they went and they were making disciples um, right where they were at without a without a New Testament Bible Um, you know they the Holy Spirit just changed them Mm -hmm. and they were able to go and make a huge impact. So, you know, I think sometimes we think if we don't have all the right Christianese or wording, (laughs) we're intimidated. Um, You know, I even, I feel like that sometimes I get intimidated because even on this podcast, I'm thinking, oh gosh, what if I say something and someone's going to, you know, be like, oh, she didn't know what she was talking about. Um, I think we just need to not worry about that. Um, we need to get out and we need to share our faith. We need to be talking to our kids about Christ. And, you know, if if someone asks you a question and you don't know, it's okay. Like, you can say, I don't know. <laughs> I think so many of us are worried, like, that we have to have all the answers. And we don't. Like, it's okay. Like, share your testimony. Share what Christ has done in your life. And then if someone has a question you don't know, well, just tell them, you know what, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. And I think about, too, how um, you said that um, Paul was kind of taken away quickly and his people, they were taken away quickly. I wonder in a way if that didn't help them become such a solid place. I mean, obviously the Holy Spirit did the work, but um, I think sometimes if you teach somebody something and then you leave it up to them to figure out on their own, it, it has a tendency to work out it can either fail really big or it can go really well because it makes them have to step up and take charge and and kind of go okay it's on me now I got to do this you know Mm -hmm. Um, I have to commit to this I have to to work through this and and kind of figure it out as we go and it it helps you I think a lot of people who step into leadership it's kind of the same way you know if you commit to it and and you're just kind of okay here's how you do it and I go Mm -hmm. and figure it out I think a lot of times if that takes it takes really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really encouraging to know because there's going to be times in your life where people, pastors, uh, mentors, they fail you, you know, and they 
or they may leave or something may happen where you're feeling like, hey, I'm heading in this direction. I was expecting this person to kind of walk with me and now they're not or there's a breakdown in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, now I can't do this on my own. And I guess that's so encouraging to know that, no, that's uh, the Holy Spirit that's working in us. It's it's the fact that Christ is now living in and through us uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit that causes any of the change anyways. And I personally feel like there can sometimes feel like there's a huge dependency on like uh, spiritual leaders, whether it's pastors or different people, yeah. and they just hear from them and they need to have them and they need to be connected to them, whether it's through their uh, YouTube or their sermons or whatever it is, and that's like their only source. Mm. And and I think that uh, I want to encourage the people listening here that that don't depend on us. You know, we want to be there to help you absolutely. Yeah. But if you depend solely on us for things, I mean, we're just going to let you down. We just can't always be there, you know, whether we're whisked away like Paul or, you know, who knows what happens. But knowing that the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one that is working in you and helping you grow, like trust in that, like continue to have a friendship and a connection and a fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with the scriptures, because that's going to be, that's available to you all the time. And not only that, I mean, with the Holy Spirit living in you, you have God with you all the time. That's so much better than having myself or Pastor Phil or, you know, any of the great teachers of this day standing next to you all the time. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's a lot better than any of them <laughs> right. combined. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's, uh, there can t- you can take encouragement from that. You can take mm-hmm. encouragement that, that yeah. that's, you have access to that uh, because, you know, you know Christ and Christ, you know, and you're known by Christ. Yeah, and I think having too much of a dependency on a teacher, someone like that, it ties back into what I was saying before about not having them there made them step up. I think it can lead to a complacency and a dependency to where you just kind of stall out and you let that person do all the work for you. I think it's good on this podcast, not that we're, you know, some great teacher that's out there right now or something. I hope that people, you know, are getting great things from this, but um, I think it's good that we're not doing like an everyday reading of this because it also lets people kind of tune into us once a week and kind of do that chapter for that day with us. But it also has them, and in speaking to you, it has you go out and through the rest of the week, you have to do it on your own with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit instead of depending on us to be here to read the chapter and hear us talk about it mm-hmm. and, and kind of dig, dig into it and examine it. So, um, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think another just practical application, something that you see in here, is just the importance of relationships. Um, that Christ, when, when we believe in him and we believe on him for salvation, he never calls us to be isolated. Um, Paul is so intentional with these people. Um, even if he was only there for three weeks, however long he was, he cared about people. We see this in all of his letters, even the people he's chewing out. He's like, where did you go wrong? He still loves them. And he still, you know, sends the letters with grace and peace to you and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then just with you guys talking about how even when Paul left, there was that relationship with the Holy Spirit, that there was that connection with the other believers there, that if you want to continue to grow in the Holy Spirit, we need to be connected with each other, that we can't isolate ourselves. We can't expect to have that encouragement and that life just by ourselves. that the Holy Spirit works through other people in the community of the body of Christ. I think uh, when kind of transitioning here a little bit to just looking at what we can take from 
what we learned from the Thessalonians and uh, and just apply it to our own lives. And one of the things that I feel like I would love if I could, if somebody could say a, a compliment to me, it would be you're impacting people by your lives. Hmm. You know, whatever it is, whether it's good, whether like, whether I'm going through a good time or a bad time that, um, that my trust in Christ and my connection with other people, because if you have to be connected to people for people to notice, if that makes yeah. any sense. So, so like the relationships that I have and that I'm not, that I'm just living with a dependency on the Holy Spirit, uh, regardless of if it's good time and especially in bad times, because I think that's when people notice the most, mm-hmm. is that I would love uh, for there to be something where you almost get this cheer from Paul or this cheer from the Holy Spirit or from Jesus saying like, yeah, people are just hearing about your life and they're hearing about all like how you're just, you're turning away from your old life and you're, you're living like for me. And, uh, and so I think that introspectively asking that question, you know, what, what imprint am I leaving on the people around me? Is it just this kind of same old, uh, is it, is there no difference? Is there something that's distinguishing me uh, Is the Holy Spirit working in me, distinguishing me in a point where people are taking notice and it's impacting people around me? And, and so that's the, I guess for me, an introspective question. I want to, I want to kind of evaluate that to see, am I, am I making a lasting imprint, uh, on, um, the people that I'm in relationship with? Uh, because of my dependency on the Lord, especially in hard times. Yeah. To kind of go on that, you know, I was just thinking when you were talking about how, you know, these people, Christ was everything. I mean, he was every step of their life. And I just think so often in this day and age, and I think I'm guilty of it too to an extreme, where we just kind of sometimes compartmentalize God and Mm. we put him into certain sections of our life. But he's not everything to us. Um, You know, the fact that, I mean, these people, they made such an impact that here we are thousands of years later and we have the word of God. And that's because they were the church. They weren't just the church on Sunday mornings. Um, They weren't just the church when they prayed before they ate a, a meal. I mean, Christ was in their DNA. And so it's very convicting today. We as the church... Are we being like the church? Are we being like those people of that day? Are, is Christ everything to us? You know, um, I'm so big on next generation, obviously. You know, parents, are are we in the word with our kids? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm not always the best at it. I don't do it every day. If I'm going to be honest, there's days that I miss. But are we making it a priority? Are we praying with our kids? Are we talking to our kids about Christ? You know, are we doing those things? Um, you know, I think we need to ask those hard questions because, um, you know, there's going to come a day we're not going to be here. And, um, you know, I would like to think a thousand years from now that the church will still be thriving. And in order for that to happen, we have to be the church. We we have to be passionate just today like they were back in this day. And it's literally the definition of being the light, you know. Yeah. You hear people, you know, if you're new to this or if you're new to to the to Christian faith, you hear all the time people refer to being the church being the light, um, and that's a very detailed definition of what that is, which yeah. you guys just talked about. Um, 
setting the example, living your faith, living your life in a way that shows the light of the Holy Spirit and how he's changing your life through everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, be the light. Be that example. All right. So anyway, who who wants to pray to go ahead and wrap up today? I would love to close this in some prayer. Awesome. Thank you, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity on our behalf to study your word that we don't come in here knowing everything, that this time is beneficial for me, that um, this this conversation, um, going over what you have done through history, through the life of Paul in, in the city of Thessalonica, that, that we can learn from you. And God, we are so grateful that you have chosen us, that you are so active in pursuing us, you're active in loving us, you're active in giving us the strength to stand up even when the circumstances are tough. I pray that we would continue to just live in that strength, to love others the way you do, to continue to believe in you no matter what the circumstances around us are. I pray for our listeners um, just during this time of a whole lot of sickness going around, that you would keep them healthy. Mm-hmm. More than anything, be with their relationships with you, be with their families, and help us just to all know more of you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Weekly Impact Podcast. I want to thank all you guys here at the table with me for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thanks <laughs> for having us. It was us. a pleasure, yep. And for everybody listening, we thank you so much for uh, coming to us as a source of, um, of your inspiration and your drive through the week to, to learn more about the Holy Word as you get into your chapter a day. So um, just thank you very much. And on behalf of the Weekly Impact Podcast and Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio, Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week.